0: 15 respect all fear none into the upper deck intensity is not a perfume. hello utah street Five, four, three, two, one. hope you all are enjoying this off day as the nationals take off on this thursday afternoon thank you so much for making uh, the Mass and All Access podcast a part of your day uh, in between baseball days. Welcome into the show. Bobby Blanco here. Uh, now going to be soon joined by our uh, my co-host, Amy Jennings. Uh, if you are watching live, hopefully you're tuning in on our Mass Nationals Facebook page, YouTube channel, or on Twitter. Uh, you can follow at Mass Nationals Across the Board uh, to get the latest updates on the Nationals, as they are pretty hot as of late. Uh, they've won four in a row and six of their last eight, so that's pretty exciting. If not, hopefully you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Let me bring in Amy Jennings, who joins me via Zoom. And Amy, once again, we are matching for those of uh, the, for those of those of you who are watching us on um, on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Uh, we are. Matching again. Uh, Red is the color of choice this week. After, I think we took a break last week not matching, but this time we're back uh, and matching red.
1: I don't know what it is, Bobby. I don't know if it's the weather. I just don't know, but at least we're on the same page, right? I think this podcast looks a lot better when we're matching. So stay tuned for next week. Maybe we'll do it again. Who knows? Uh, but we're, we're, we're doing pretty well over the last month, like three for four or
0: something like that. I don't think people under, like, we make a joke of it because we don't plan this at all. Like this is not planned. We just we hop on just the Zoom. On, yeah.
1: hops on and Bobby's like, oh, he just shook his head as soon as he looked at me.
0: It's like, maybe i'm gonna try doing this bit where i'm gonna lay out an outfit my first pick and then i'm gonna push it to the side and do a second pick and maybe yeah, they'll throw off the karma or whatever it is the weird uh energy that's in between us that makes us just match uh no matter what we're wearing um on the podcast <laughs> how are you spending your off day uh amy i'm having quite a day already
1: um, i know you have had a day we'll tell everybody about it here in a minute um but I think after this, I'm gonna to go to the pool. It's so nice. nice My best friend has a pool, and I think I've been over at his place like every single day. He's probably gonna be like, "All right, Amy, like you need to leave now. Like this is getting to be a bit much." But if you're the friend with a pool, like you just you have it coming, you know? Yeah. Uh, tell us about your day, Bobby. Oh,
0: it's been a while. it's been a long time. We are recording this at two thirty in the afternoon. Got up, got all was all excited. For those of you who are looking forward to hearing from Nationals' top prospect Cade Cavalli, that will not be happening today. Unfortunately, there was uh, some technical difficulties in terms of c- connecting with Cade, and of course, he has um, some uh, some workouts to do. He's in Harrisburg for whatever reason that may be uh, right now with the Senators, uh, just getting a promotion after seven professional games. No big deal for the NASA number one overall prospect. So I was not able to connect with him today. Hopefully next week for the episode we have next week, uh, we'll hear from Cade Cavalli. He's going to be making his double-A Debut tomorrow night, Friday night for the Senators. That's going to be a home game too. So for those of you who are in the Harrisburg area, be sure to go out there and check out one of the fastest rising pitching prospects in all of baseball. Uh, He think he has jumped up some some, uh, major uh, top 100 prospecting rankings across the country. Of course, he's still the Nationals' number one overall prospect. So I was super excited to hear from Cade uh, today. Uh, He leads all minor leaguers with strikeouts, by the way. No big deal again. Uh, but it just wasn't in the cards for this afternoon. We barely got this podcast up uh, and running uh, for this show. Uh, so I'm happy to, Amy and I, that we can at least talk uh, talk about the Nationals Major League staff, and then hopefully next week we'll hear from Kate and how, get a more insight on how his AA debut goes tomorrow night. But it would have been a nice to have him on because we are talking about starting pitching for the most part this episode. We talked a lot about the bullpen last week, Amy. Uh, And now we're just kind of going for the flow and and the Nationals are dictating that this starting pitching staff is asking to be talked about and and getting some recognition uh, from guys that we might not have normally heard from or, uh, you know, have seen starting pitching performances from. You know, we're getting great outings from guys not named Max Scherzer. Of course, Steven Strasburg is on the injured list. Uh, Patrick Corbin has struggled to start this season. John Lester uh, has also kind of struggled and pitching kind of what we thought he would be doing. Uh, But then we're also seeing some some guys that we didn't really were not on our radar enter the season or if they were they were kind of lower on the totem pole and they're pitching some uh, really impressive gems uh, over over the last week or so.
1: Right. I think that's the most exciting part about it, is that we're talking about guys that aren't Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, uh, guys that we wouldn't even have expected to be on this roster at this point in the season, had this this season been going the way it's supposed to. And that's what's so exciting, because last week we were talking about the bullpen and how some of their woes, or they were getting a little bit exposed because starting pitching was struggling, how they weren't going deep into games, injured, so on and so forth, and how the offense hasn't been able to to get a whole lot going um, so far this season. Um, But now this week we saw a complete change of events. The bullpen was relied on a lot and they did their job. Um, But probably the more exciting part is that starting pitching did really well and went deep into games. Uh, You mentioned those guys that weren't, we wouldn't expect but it was also patrick corbin who had one of his best outings of the year so far john lester better a whole lot better uh than his last outing so it's really exciting to be talking about something positive especially talking about something positive uh with this pitching staff given the situation that it's in
0: yeah and it started you know if we're going back chronologically and going to start from the point where it kind of became a disaster right and let's go back to last friday When Max Scherzer has to leave his start after just 12 pitches and only recording one out uh, that Friday night in the series opener against the Giants, and then that whole that brought up a whole new kind of era of, I mean, a new group of questions and concerns because not only is your best pitcher injured and not not completing his start or not even completing an inning. But you're also facing a doubleheader the next day. You obviously have to play again on Sunday. The next off day wasn't until today, Thursday. So that's probably another start you're going to have to fill. And then also you can't tax your bullpen Friday night because you have 14 innings to cover on Saturday uh, against the Giants. And that puts a lot of pressure on the starters, Eric Fetty and Jeffrey Rodriguez, who was called up to make it that emergency start in the nightcap. So it, it started off in a disaster kind of uh, for, for the Nationals in terms of Max Scherzer being hurt. He hurt his groin. Um, we found out on Monday that he wasn't going to be able to make his scheduled start on Wednesday. They placed him officially on the injured list on Tuesday. Um, but you know with the guy who let's let's start and begin this last week or so with the same guy cuz he pitched last night too but he also came in relief of Max Scherzer last Friday, Paulo Espino. And this is a a guy who has been a journeyman most of his career, mostly a minor league arm, and we've seen him pitch in important situations for the Nationals, give the Nationals a chance to win, and has really provided an arm that Davey Martinez can rely on uh, every five days or whenever needed. He's playing a very interesting and difficult role, and Davey has been using him whenever he possibly can.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, and we talked to him about him a little bit last week and that Davy Martinez, I was kind of hoping that he would give guys like Paulo Espino who have come in and done their job uh, a lot more innings. I mean, they need guys to eat up the innings, especially out of that bullpen, and he's a guy who's come in every time and done his job. Uh, he's probably not Davy Martinez's best option, but when, you know, you're relying on four innings out of your bullpen every night, you might have to rely on a guy like Paulo Espino and he's done his job. I mean, this is a guy who was drafted in 06 by Cleveland and didn't make his major league debut till 11 years old, 11 years later in 2017. So really spent a whole lot of years in the minors, got his first career win last night, which is just so exciting. And what's, I mean, he's really one of the most valuable guys on this entire pitching staff because not only has he made Uh, Really good spot starts, but he could be the long man out of the bullpen. He's pitched in later innings. He's kind of been able to do it all, and that's exactly the kind of guy that David Martinez needs right now uh, that's adaptable, versatile, and, and can eat up a lot of innings.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that relief outing of Max on Friday, three and a third innings, that got the Nationals through four of the nine they needed to cover uh, Friday night. Um, he only allowed one run on three hits and struck out five over the course of those three and a third. So it's not just on days that he's been asked to come out and make an emergency start. He's been a long relief guy out of the bullpen. And the only outing I can really think of, Amy, that Paulo has not been able to Perform very well was the one blowout loss in, in St. Louis uh, at the beginning of April, I think it was, uh, when, when Paulo Spino just kind of had to eat like a bad inning and, and the Nats bullpen was already taxed at that time. David Martinez, unfortunately, just had to let him ride it out. He got out of it. Other than that, Paulo has been fantastic and no matter what role Davey has called upon him, whether that's a long arm out of the bullpen, a spot start in relief of someone who's injured or an emergency star the day of remember he was the guy that they uh had to start for steven strasburg when strasburg first landed on the injured list earlier this season uh and, and he didn't find out that he was making that start until the day of so uh it was an important he's an important piece to this uh this rotation uh this staff really and Davey martinez uh mentioned last night that you know they they've asked the world of him uh and he is answered every single call no matter what they ask him to do he's been able to do it and that's honestly like one of the hardest if not the hardest roles in all of baseball to be that kind of pitcher where you don't know whether you're going to be used as a reliever or a starter on any given day and you just have to be ready and and be ready to perform and you don't know how many innings you're going to have to pitch or you don't know who you're going to face you have very little time to prepare for such an outing uh, against the opponent. And for Apollo to go out and perform the way he has has just been unbelievable and, and a huge reason that the Nationals are where they are right now, which is tied for third place in the National League East.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's what makes him so valuable. I mean, coming in and throwing one inning out of the bullpen is really different than starting and throwing five innings like he did last night. And you mentioned gave up those three hits, but no walks. And we were talking um last week about how this bullpen was giving up so many walks and how it, you know, obviously you're a reliever. Those are high stakes situations. You can't give up walks. Um, and really the only one who issued three, Three walks, I think Jeffrey Rodriguez was the most out of the last five games out of these starters. Uh, so I think that's really key and probably why some, Paulo and some of these other guys have have found so much success. But I'm sure Davey Martinez loves what he's seeing out of him. And for the time being, he's probably going to have to to ride that arm a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and we'll hear from Davey uh, in just a little bit talking overall about the performances that he's gotten over the last week from a, a variety of guys. We'll also hear from Paulo Espino when we get to his start on Wednesday. Um, about you know his first career win you mentioned actually you know what let's pull that up right now because we're since we're talking about Paolo you know you mentioned the 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 long. Uh, Path he had to take to get to this point, being drafted in 2006, not making his major league debut until 2017, and now finally here in 2021 with the Nationals earning his first victory. Obviously, in a very important and special moment for a guy, Davey Martinez even had him talk and address the uh, the team after the game. He had Davey saying after important performances or milestones reached, he has the guys address the team. And, and Paulo soaked that in was very appreciative of course very appreciative of the opportunity the Nationals given him here but he also had a message for his teammates with the Nationals saying look we you know we're better than this where we are at 30 and 35 let's keep playing the way we are and let's get back into this thing so here's Paulo Espino uh, talking about earning his first win and addressing the team afterwards
2: it's awesome uh once again I'm I'm happy with the opportunity that I'm that I've been given uh just taking advantage of everything that that comes up
0: um I just went out there try to give the team a, a chance to win uh I was trying to go inning by inning hitter by hitter uh I didn't know how how far they were gonna let me go so I was just focusing on being efficient
2: and try to go as deep as possible. Davey said uh he had you sort of address the team after the game uh was that that surprise you what, um... What what was kind of your message to those guys in the, in the uh well yeah he yeah I I wasn't expecting it but I mean I just told them that how how I mean I know how good this team is uh, I know we can do we can do a lot better than we've been doing so far and I know we can make it all the way to the end so uh, that's pretty much my uh, that
0: was pretty much the message that I gave. I think that says a lot about Paulo and not just what he can bring to this team and, and the journey that he took to get to this point, earning his first Major League win, but also the character where, like, you know, that's a special night for him, Amy. He could easily kind of bask in all the attention um, and the praise that he's getting, but he quickly switched it to, hey, you know, this is a team game. We're better than this. We can keep playing like this and, and trying to encourage the guys to, to keep it going and so they can get back into this thing
1: right and you love to see stuff like that i mean baseball's so different than every other sport and some of these guys are going to have Long journeys, a lot of years in the minors to get here. And then they're going to have a couple really great outings like this. And you, you really love to see it. And uh, he's not the only one of those lists that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, unprobable starters, unprobable outings out of these guys. So they're going to be guys that have some stories uh, and some journeys behind them. But it's certainly exciting uh, when they reach milestones like this. And he's a guy that I'm sure it is easy for Nationals fans to root for.
0: Yeah, he was 34 years old and earning his first major league win. and Uh, You know, for him, you know, it's kind of weird that, you know, he's only pitched in collectively 29 games. Uh, in his major league career yet he's 34 years old and maybe an older guy that some of the younger guys might even have to look up to in that in that uh locker room because it's like you know look at what he's gone through to get to this point and you know he's just never given up you know he's kind of a microcosm of what this team should be right now just never giving up trying trying and once you get your opportunity make the most of it so hopefully the nationals can take something uh some of that from paulo espino and uh, hopefully paulo continues to pitch the way he has uh to the tune of a 228 era this season again if you take away that one terrible outing that he was forced upon to uh in in st louis that that era is probably way better uh than an already impressive 228 uh, let's move on to, uh, I guess, we're starting Friday and Paulo kind of covered the bookend of the, of this stretch in terms of Friday and then now yesterday, his first uh, win. So let's move on to the doubleheader on Saturday. And like I said, Amy, they really needed some length out of their starters. Yes, it's only seven innings, which might have helped them kind of in, in, in the great, grand scheme of things. But you needed Eric Fetty to go deep and then you needed... Newly recalled Jeffy Rodriguez to go deep in his first major league start in, gosh, I think it was like two years or so, um, or since 2019 with with the Indians. Uh, and they got both. And Eric Fetty right now, is, is he the best pitcher on this staff, including Max Scherzer, because Max isn't available right now?
1: Right. I mean, you really didn't know what you were going to get out of Eric Fetty in this outing, right? He hasn't pitched in an entire month, and it was such an unfortunate situation. Like, he gets his vaccine, tests positive for COVID, obviously has to quarantine for 10 days, get make those rehab starts, get stretched back out. Uh, So he hadn't pitched in a month, and he comes out and throws five scoreless innings seven strikeouts and every hit that he gave up was a single. And just like we were just talking about with Palaspino, you know, no walks, which has been so key for all of these starters um, throughout this in- in- entire weekend. Um, but you didn't know what you were going to expect. And it's kind of really tough for Eric Fetty because he his last start was really great as well. Um, And he's finally earning his spot in this rotation, fighting for his spot in this rotation like we've been talking about for so many years. Finally seemed like he was getting there and then does it pitch for a month. Um, So he came out and you couldn't have expected more. I mean, he's getting strikeouts. He's developed his cutter, which looked really, really good in this outing. Um, And Eric Fetty has been the most effective. We haven't seen him in a bit, but has been the most effective out of this pitching staff, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think so too. And and like I said, I mean, nothing. Obviously, Max on the face of it is probably, is the best pitcher right now. But him and Strasburg are on the injured list. So right now, you can't really include Max until he gets back out there and proves that he's back to normal. And right now, it's Eric Fetty, and he's going to make another important start. Friday night. I mean, he opens this series against the Mets, four games in three days against the division-leading Mets. I mean, the Nationals can make some serious ground right now, this weekend, against the division leaders, while also the Braves are kind of floundering, and they're going to ask Eric Fetty to put them off on the right foot, and that's a spot you would normally want to see, like a Scherzer or a Strasburg in, you know, uh, start this weekend off right, but now it's going to be Fetty, and I think that's just kind of it's it's an important start for him i, I don't want to make too big of a deal of a mid june start against you know a division rival that happens all the time it's just a weekend series yada 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 but this is a could be a crucial turning point for the nationals right if they want to make a push at this division and, and the playoffs spot this is the week we talked about it all the time. Beat up on the teams you're supposed to. They took care of the Pirates. They swept the Pirates. Now beat up on a team that's ahead of you and within the, the division, and the Mets. And they have a chance to do that right now. And I, I, I think that Eric Feddy, you know, you might be the right guy right now and the, on the mound because he's feeling a lot better after his injured, uh, his COVID uh, injured list stint. Uh, he looks like to be one of the most consistent pitchers outside of Max right now that the Nationals have, even though he's only pitched in a handful of games because of that stint. Uh, So it's going to be an important game for uh, for for Fetty to see how he kind of can he continue this ball rolling or is he going to kind of run into a halt against a better team?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I would almost say the opposite. I think you do make a lot out of this start out of Eric Fetty, because just like you said, he's probably your best option to go out there on the mound. Um, uh, to start off this series with the Mets, and it's going to be a crucial crucial series because this past week they're finally beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating. Um, that's what you have to do get those wins when you can get those wins um, out of kind of a little bit deflated lineup, so on and so forth. But obviously, this series in the Mets could be a chance for these Nationals to turn this this season around. I mean, they're getting starts out of these; they're getting really good starts out of these guys. Uh, they can't ask for a whole lot more. So if Eric Fetty comes out tomorrow night. Uh, and opens up this series well, because they, they are the Mets, they're division leading Mets, but they also have uh, a beat up pitching staff as well. Um, they're kind of in, in a tough position too. So you never know, but I think that this series could, could really kind of change the tide for them. And it, it starts with Eric Fetty, which is kind of tough, position for him to be in especially after not pitching for a month um, but he's kind of earned that job and we'll see what he can do
0: and the next guy up would be Joe Ross who pitched on Sunday and he had one of the best definitely the best start of the season maybe one of the best starts of his career the he completed eight innings uh, scoreless innings by the way uh, against the Giants as the Nationals got away this weekend with a, a split of, of San Francisco another division leading team that they Played pretty well. It was a low-scoring affair, and the pitching showed up for sure. Uh, But Joe Ross is a guy that we've been talking about all year long. He started off so well, Amy, kind of hit a rough patch. Uh, We were then kind of discussing, is this the guy that we really thought that we saw in the earlier season, or is he going to kind of fall back to what happened while he was kind of struggling to get back from his Tommy John surgery? and? This pitching performance has to have some strong uh, uh, signs of life from Joe Ross right here because, like you mentioned with Fetty and Paulo Espino, low on the walks, no walks, and 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 that's something that Dave Martinez wants to see from his starters in terms of throwing strikes and getting ahead in counts.
1: Right, this is really exciting to see because really it's been a while. I mean, there was so much talk and promise about Joe Ross, especially pre-Tommy John, and then, of course, doesn't play last year. He made that that spot in the World Series for Max Scherzer, and then he doesn't play entire last year. We didn't know what what to expect. Uh, we knew Davey Martinez believed in him, obviously gave him a spot um, in this rotation, but you don't really know what to, to expect until you see outings like this. Eight innings, he said he could have gone nine nine strikeouts and no walks just like you mentioned. And it's the first time he's thrown eight innings since before he had Tommy John. Um, so this shows that what he's capable of doing, obviously it's not against the division leading Mets. Um, he'll have his chance uh, in that doubleheader on Saturday uh, to show if he can keep it up, but it certainly shows a sign of life and in what Joe Ross can do in this bullpen. But it's crazy because just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about does he deserve this spot um, and this outing certainly
0: showed it. Actually, Excellent point. Yeah, we were talking about is he going to lose his spot to Eric Fetty, who's been pitching so well all season long. Another note of Ross, it's it's not like – you know, he, he's had an up and down season for sure, but he has kind of turned it around as of late May. Over his last four starts, he has a 1.57 ERA uh, and has allowed zero earned runs in two of those four starts. Actually, excuse me, three of those four starts. Um, one of them, he had here uh, gave up four unearned runs uh, in the start against Philadelphia uh, and then four earned runs against Atlanta. But other than that, Three out of four starts of his last four starts, zero unearned runs. The walks are down. He only has collectively six walks over those four starts compared to a bunch of strikeouts. Uh, So that's a great sign. That's something we've been talking about all season long for Joe. Um, you know, on the days like I think back to his first start against the Dodgers and then obviously on Sunday against the Giants on days where he has that command and the control and he is feeling all of his pitches and is really sp- pounding the strike zone. That is when he's most effective. It's when he kind of loses that command and the ball kind of, kind of sprays all over the place um, and, the, and the strike zone. That's when he runs into some trouble and he looks a lot more in command of his pitches as of late and he, he's mentioned that as so. Uh, and so that's a great sign, too. Like you said, he's going to start one of the Saturday games, a doubleheader. Him and uh, John Lester are going to split those two duties. Uh, he, they have to figure out which one is which, but an important day. And another situation, Amy, where it's like, yeah, you don't want to play a doubleheader, but you don't need you know, Joe Ross to pitch eight innings because he probably only needs to pitch five, five or four, maybe even six, and and, and then hopefully you have the lead, and you can call in on Brad and who's been fantastic as of late, uh, to come out and close out the game. So, Uh, I I think Joe Ross is, 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 I don't want to say he's turning it around, but recent numbers show that, uh, he has been far better. Like he was earlier in the season, than kind of the middle patch, like late April, early May, uh, when we saw him.
1: Right, and obviously one of the positive effects is that if he goes eight innings, you only need one inning out of your bullpen. Yeah. Um, and they had rode their bullpen so hard those last few days before that. Uh, so to get eight innings out of him is huge, um, even when the offense isn't performing. And we kind of saw the same thing on Saturday as Jeffrey Rodriguez, obviously not his the best outing of his career, but he pitched four shutout innings. Um, and then it's a seven-inning doubleheader, just like you mentioned. But on this coming Saturday, it'll be another – uh, a doubleheader seven innings each and they don't need a whole lot of innings out of the open you only need them to go a few innings um, and you saw that out of Jeffrey Rodriguez it just come, kind of falls into the lap of this offense they only gave up one run I mean they could only put up one run in that game uh, so they're going to need more production out of their offense but there's certainly positive consequences or positive effects rather of, of you know Joe Ross being able to go on eight innings and we kind of saw the same thing so on and so forth with Patrick Corbin, who's another guy who had issues with command, but when he is throwing strikes, he's a completely different pitcher.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the offense right there, uh, and you know it's starting to come along. The guy who's really, you know, kind of pacing this offense right now is Kyle Schwarber up in the leadoff spot, and if if John Lester could start every single game, I think. Kyle Schwarber would hit a home run in every single game because he seems (laughs) to hit every time his old buddy takes the mound. Lester's making plays in the outfield. He's hitting home runs. Uh, But Lester made the start on Monday, the series opener against the Pirates. Obviously very familiar with this team from his time with the Cubs. Um, And we're just kind of seeing the normal John Lester. I think this just might be what John Lester is going to be this season. He's not going to go too deep into the game. The arm strength isn't there, but when he can place his pitches, he can get ground balls, a couple swings and misses, Um, and Lester looked pretty strong uh, on on Monday going, I think it was, uh, let's see, five and a third, six hits, But only two runs. Uh, He does allow a lot of base runners, but he's not letting too many of them score. Like I said, getting a lot of ground balls, getting a handful of double plays. uh, And he pitched pretty well on Monday. Continuing his kind of trend of put them on. Ben, don't, but don't break. How about that?
1: Yeah, exactly. At this point in his career, you know, let him hit up, induce ground ground balls, um, let him make contact. And I think that's what's key for him and is what can, what's gonna keep him in games longer. Because after his last start, obviously we were a little bit nervous uh, going into this, but he did just fine. Um, and I think it's just getting ahead of guys early, um, let them make contact and just don't give up a whole lot of walks and in this outing just one walk. Uh, so we kind of kept that trend going not letting guys get on base um, making them making them hit it. Um, And that's probably going to be key to him sustaining his career. And I think we're seeing kind of that outing is probably what we're going to see from John Lester for the rest of this season. He's not going to go super deep into games and you don't need him to go super deep into games. You just need him to do his job. Um, And then hopefully with everybody else uh, being able to throw more innings, your bullpen will be rested, less fatigued and be able to go longer in John Lester. Outings.
0: Yeah, great point, too, right there, because, you know, we, we mentioned this a lot during the offseason and talking about this rotation. And, you know, obviously Max and Strauss are on the IL right now. We'll get to Patrick Corbin in just a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, he doesn't need to be the guy that he was. You know, in his, when he was first starting out with the Cubs and, and, you know, after signing that major deal, he doesn't need to be pitching seven, eight, nine innings every single time out because typically you will be getting those innings from Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. Uh, and now we're seeing, you know, we're getting six to seven to eight from Eric Fetty and Joe Ross from them. So John Lester can be the guy that, you know, if you need to call on a couple extra bullpen arms on his starts that's totally fine because everyone else should be getting deeper into the game and you know we talked about letting guys on base but I think you brought up a good point that it was six hits it wasn't walks it was just the one walk so guys getting on base are just getting you know normal knocks off him I'd rather guys having to swing the bat and try to put the ball in play and get on against him than him giving free passes so uh John Lester is pretty much doing what the Nationals could ex- reasonably expect from him right now. Uh, he's only allowed five earned runs over his last four starts, which is which is a g- g- good sign. Um, I-, I think that's that's you know that's gives you at least opportunity to pitch uh, what what they call a quality start each time out. So if he can give them sort of that or, or close to that every single time, then I think the Nationals will take that uh, pretty happily. Uh, and then let's move on to Patrick Corbin, who like Ross. Like Fetty, it pitched one of his best, if not the best, outing of his uh, of the season for sure, dating all the way back to the last time he completed as many innings. Eight and a third, only one run, only gave up eight hits. The one walk to seven strikeouts. Patrick Corbin looking like his old self, the one we saw back in 2019 on Tuesday against the Pirates. Yes, it's, it's, it's not a great lineup in Pittsburgh, but I still think the process in which uh, Patrick Corbin performed, uh, got this result, I think is more important than who you're going up against.
1: Right. I know looking at all of these starts, I mean, we talk about how Joe Ross had his best outing. Eric Fetty looks like the best guy in this rotation right now. I think Patrick Corbin's start was probably the most exciting because his issue is that he can't go deep in the games. He's their number three starter. Out of their top three starters, he's the only one still in this rotation at this point in time. Um, And he can't go deep into games, and he's just simply not doing his job. I mean, it had been a month since he had gone seven innings. He only went seven innings twice so far this season, and they get eight and a third out of him eight hits seven strikeouts and just one walk um, which is which is really really great and it's crazy how different of a pitcher Patrick Corbin looks when his slider is working I mean and in this outing that's exactly what you saw 32 of 43 slider sliders he threw for strikes Um, and so he's getting those strikeouts and he looks like a completely different pitcher and it's so exciting to see this Um, and I think this was probably the most exciting for me out of out of all of these um, starts and then, of course, Andrew Miller coming in and getting those quick two easy outs um, was just icing on the cake in this this game.
0: Yeah, we're talking about unsung heroes here, right? And Patrick Corbin shouldn't be an unsung hero. He's your number three starter. He's the hundred forty-plus million-dollar man you have, uh, and that you entrusted for six years. That is now halfway through that deal, and only one year looks pretty good. Obviously, twenty twenty is different, and so far this year, he hasn't lived up to the standards. So. We shouldn't, Patrick shouldn't be included in this group, right? But he is because of the way the season started. And like you said, the slider is the key. He even mentioned it after that start, being like, I can't, I mean, I'm not fooling anybody. Everyone knows I want to throw the slider, but when I'm (laughs) throwing it effectively, no one can touch it. And so that's just been a, it's been a mechanical issue. It's been a trust issue with him in that pitch. Um, and, And when he gets the swing and misses, like you mentioned Uh, and how many times he can throw it for strikes. That's really going to put him ahead of counts and get him ahead of hitters and be able to be way more productive and uh, efficient with that pitch on the mound. Also sets up his fastball, uses fastball a lot to get up in the count early on. That's set up that slider. So when those two pitches work off each other, well uh patrick corbin finds his 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 most success in his career so even though he's not fooling anyone with the pitch it's just a matter of how he places it um and how he's using it that gets out of of jams so i I think patrick I, you know, it's too early to tell. I don't want to jump the gun and say, yeah, he's uh, he's back. But eight in a third innings, that's, he hasn't done that since late 2019. Um, and, and that's more of the Patrick Corbin the Nationals signed back in 2018 before the World Series run. And they're looking forward to seeing more of that. And he's pitching that Sunday finale against the Mets. So that's something to keep an eye on too this weekend. You know, if the Nationals are in position down Sunday to win this series and they turn to Patrick Corbin because Max and Strauss are still out, you know, he kind of has to be the guy that carried this rotation right now. You expect him with the top two guys out. He's the only one left of this three-headed monster in the rotation uh, that he kind of needs to pick up the load. While, you know, these other guys, like we just talked about, Rodriguez, Espino, Fetty, and Ross have, have kind of done their part uh, to keep the, this rotation afloat. Not just afloat, but thriving, really. Uh, so Patrick Corbin it, it looked good. on on Tuesday, need to keep it consistently, need to see it for next outing, the the outing after that, maybe even into the All-Star break to really feel comfortable uh, with Patrick Corbin's I guess many turnarounds so far
1: mm-hmm. yeah but that's the patrick corbin they need i mean with straws and shoes out of this this rotation they're relying on their bullpen a, a whole lot more and these other guys are making great spot starts in the meantime but when patrick corbin is on the mound they need him to go deep into games give this bullpen a little bit of rest and really this entire pitching staff is, has kept them in all of these games they've only allowed seven runs in their last seven games so they're right in it Um, And, you know, the bullpens out there doing their job. Obviously the starters are going deep into games. Uh, Now the offense needs to come a little bit alive. And we talk about that every week. So we're not going to get into it too much. Um, But when you have these guys going out, pitching their hearts out, then Patrick Corbin kind of looking like he's back into form. They have to score these guys some runs. But of course, it all starts with Patrick Corbin, the only one, just like you mentioned, out of those three left right now. He has to do his job and look like the the Patrick Corbin that they signed two years ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned... Um, their ERA or their earned runs over the last seven stars that's an ERA of 0.75 they are now tied if not maybe exceeded one of the best stretches this rotation has ever faced in the club's history going all the way back to 2015 they, they're tied for the fewest earned runs over a, a seven game stretch or it was a six game stretch now it's a seven game stretch and are tied with the Padres for the fewest ERAs over a six game stretch uh, this season by any team so impressive stuff from the Nationals starting rotation so far uh, over the last week I I guess um and now with his off day they kind of have a chance to kind of rest and reset and get ready for the Mets Davey Martinez was asked after last night's game against uh the Pirates after completing the sweep you know what, what 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 was the key to this turnaround and is this pitching performance you know when when someone gets hot and they're pitching well is that kind of contagious for the rest of the rotation and Davey Martinez kind of just responding uh how what he saw from the staff over the past week and how they can continue uh getting success moving forward
2: they 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 coming out and they 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 pitching with conviction. They really are and they're throwing strikes. Uh, I think today you know we, we walked one guy today. You know Randy happened to walk a guy. Other than that, they're like I said, they're attacking the strike zone. Uh, they they're making guys put the ball in play. They're getting big strikeouts. Uh, you know the big thing. You know, is, uh, you know I tell them all the time. I said, hey, our defense is good. You know and, you know you don't have to you don't have to strike everybody out. Get early outs. So let them put the ball in play and and they've done that can that be a contagious thing? I mean, it seems like maybe when teams sometimes walk a lot of barriers, there's like a consistent pattern. Everyone's doing it. When one guy's not doing it, does it help the next guy not do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's an ongoing thing for us. You know, with, with Henry and Hickey uh, preaching and myself about walks, 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 you know, you come out of that bullpen, no free passes. Um, we talk about it all the time. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking about it. And, uh, you know, their job is to not walk anybody and go out there and and attack the strike zone and put the ball, try to put the ball in play early with soft contact. So um, they've done a great job, you know, uh, so far. And, you know, hopefully we continue to do that.
0: Obviously, the key right there is throwing the first pitch, strikes, not walking anybody. Something that the Nationals really have excelled over the past week, and uh, for those of you watching at home, should keep an eye on uh, as they continue the season this weekend. Um, Amy, any other notes that or observations you noticed from this staff over the week? You know, we can kind of talk about the offense at a later time and how you know they need to provide more run support. But this week was a great week for this Nationals pitching staff, and we didn't even talk about some of the bullpen arms that came out and, and pitched well too.
1: Right, I know they got a lot of really good innings out of their bullpen. Um, And I just think that this weekend is kind of possibly it'd be a turning point in the season for the Nationals, whether that's for the better or for the worst. Um, I don't know how many good starts that they can get out of the Jeffrey Rodriguez's or the Paulo Espino's. Um, I don't really know that this rotation right now is sustainable, but they're doing their job right now. And that's all that they can ask for them. And hopefully you get Max Scherzer back um, and we'll get a timetable for Steve. Even here
0: soon. Yeah, you mentioned it's not sustainable. I guess that was a part of my, one of my other questions too. And I mean, over the course of a 162 game season, I would say no, right? I mean, if you're if you, if your number one starter is Patrick Corbin, and then your three four starters are Paulo Espino, Eric Fetty, and Joe Ross, I would think that rotation is not going to take you very far, especially with John Lester, who's averaging like five innings an outing, or or even fewer. Um, but I think for right now, I mean, they're it's sustainable for. We don't have a timetable for Strasburg, like you mentioned. We assume that Max should be ready uh, to make his next scheduled start, uh, which I guess after Wednesday will come Monday, uh, Monday or next Tuesday. Actually, I think they're off Monday. So maybe Tuesday uh, against Philadelphia next week, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So he that's going to give him some time off. Um, uh, I think that'll be the 10 days. Yeah, so. Uh, I I think it's you're right. It's not sustainable for the long term, but for the intermediate right now. Look, I mean, of those guys that we talked about today, you have traditional starters starting this weekend and Fetty, Lester, Ross and Corbin. So it's not like you have. I mean, no offense to Espino or, or Rodriguez, but you don't have to throw one of those guys out there. Knock on wood. Uh, to make an emergency spot start sure. like we saw over the weekend on uh, um, the past couple of days. Um, and you should have those guys readily available out of the bullpen if, God forbid, you need some long relief in one of those games. So you have the guys in place to make these starts over the weekend against the Mets. Also, you're not going to face Jacob deGrom, who just pitched the other night and would miss this weekend anyways, but now has another issue, uh, uh, injury issue. So you're not going to see him. The Mets' offense isn't something to write home about, um it's their pitching staff so you could see a low scoring we- series this weekend because their pitching staff has been pitching really well as uh, obviously inflated uh, by de Grams, you know superstardom but the rest of the staff isn't too bad taiwan walker is going to start on sunday against patrick corbin so you know it's another opportunity where you're not facing a powerful lineup but you're going up against some pitching staff so it could be a low scoring affair this weekend at nationals park
1: Right. I mean, they're kind of hitting them at, at a good time right now. I mean, you're on a four-game winning streak. Yep. You have the best of what you have of the pitchers that you have lined up. Uh, the Mets are in kind of a similar situation. They don't have some of their best arms uh, right now, and of course, you're facing a better lineup than you saw in the Pirates and the Giants last week. Um, But you still face two major league lineups. um, And if you can find success against those guys, um, you might find success against the Mets. So they're kind of hitting them at a really good time um, and get a serious win. I mean, just get a serious win against a divisional opponent. um, And you're kind of starting to turn this season around a little bit, at least it feels like for the time being.
0: Yeah, and also it wouldn't hurt like if if the Cubs could help out the Nationals, that would be great. I mean, you know, I just I was looking at the, the scores the past couple of days. It's all right. The Nationals won three in a row. The Braves just dropped three in a row. Uh, but now the Mets have won three in a row too, and they play against the right. Cubs tonight. So it's like could they get could we get some help from Chicago? Give them at least one L before they come here to D.C. uh, for a big series because that would have bumped the Nats up to only seven games back, and you can cut that down to almost four with a couple wins this weekend.
1: Right. It never feels like the Nationals catch too many breaks, especially, (laughs) you know, they have a week like they do. They don't ever catch too many breaks, it feels like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they catch some breaks this weekend. Again, the Mets do play tonight. So do the Braves. If you get two losses there, then the Nationals will be uh, in third place all by themselves and only seven games back out of first place in the National League East, which would be pretty exciting. The games this weekend will all be on Mass and two seven o'clock on Friday, uh, one o'clock for the first game on Saturday, six o'clock at night for the nightcap, and then one o'clock again on Sunday for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the f- dads out there. Hope you guys enjoy the game. Hope you're treated to maybe an afternoon at the park. That could be a lot of fun. The weather should be pretty nice this weekend as well uh, amy thanks so much for joining me be sure to give her a follow at amy jennings news on twitter we will talk to you next week and we'll see if we match again for the fifth time in the season <laughs>
1: Yeah, there we go. We'll see. We'll see if we can do it. I'll talk to you next week,
0: Bobby. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Mass and All Access podcast. Be sure to check out the podcast and all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Wherever you find podcasts, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. And tune in to our live show every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Mass Nationals across the board. You can find out uh, wherever. If you hit subscribe or like, you will get notifications whenever we go live. I saw some people commenting that they were able to join in today. Thank you again so much. Well, hopefully we'll talk to Kate Cavalli next week, but if not, you can also tune in to our regular show next week and my series recaps after every series. Our next episode will drop Friday morning. Uh, And Also, Mark Zuckerman's coverage on Mastensports.com is the best. If you... Love him. You, I'm sorry to disappoint. You're gonna have me for Friday night's game against the Mets, covering on massinsports.com. But Mark will take you through the rest of the way into the All-Star break. So be sure to check out his work on the website. That's gonna do it for this week's episode of Mass All Access podcast. You can also give me a follow at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in, joining, subscribing, liking, and commenting. Really appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We'll talk to you later.